What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I'm Mike Brancatelli. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Mikeadelic. Got a great episode for you today with Shane Moss. Comedian Shane Moss returns to the program. Program? Yes, it's a program. We're programming you on this show. Um, yeah, we, uh, we had a great chat. We had a great chat about psychedelics, mental health. You know, Shane came on the show in early 2017, like one of the first... I don't know, one of the first 20 episodes or so, like episode 25 or something. And um, he had just finished his good trip tour. And and so I didn't get a chance to talk to him after he uh, had a lot of interesting things happen in his life. He went to go film the documentary Psychonautics. He uh, had um, been checked into a psych ward. And uh, so anyway, we, we talk about this stuff in this episode and uh, I can really relate to Shane kind of like pushing the boundaries of the mind. You know, Shane's a really curious, interesting guy who's interested in, in science and how the brain works. And he explores that on his podcast, Here We Are. And he also does a, a live tour, which is now virtual because of the pandemic, um, called Head Talks with Sophia Rocklin, uh, the great Sophia Rocklin who uh, is uh, my wonderful Isolation Tank partner and past uh, podcast guest. She's brilliant. And um, he goes uh, with her to, well, now virtual. He go, they're doing things where, where they team up with uh, other psychedelic researchers. So, for instance, I, just, I watched one last week or two weeks ago, uh, his head talks virtual with Rick Doblin and Dr. Cole Marta and Sophia. And it was great. It was great. It was really, really cool. It's uh, informative, interesting, and, uh, and it's got that light comedic uh, touch to it as well, which is so needed in this time. And that's, that's really why I wanted to have Shane on the show again, because I feel like I have a tendency to get really heavy, especially in times like these. Sometimes I, I can drive myself mad. And we kind of talk about that a little bit in this conversations in this conversation, but I've really been leaning in more towards comedy in this time too, because it's just so needed. I mean, it's, it's one of the things that I love to do the most. I love to laugh. I love making other people laugh. And, uh, I was fortunate enough to, uh, uh, host a storytelling event for the maps bicycle night, uh, after party with the no act society on bicycle day, four nineteen, And after, uh, Mike Margulies past podcast guest uh, of psychedelic seminars invited me to pop into the comedy room with, uh, Shane and Adam Strauss and Duncan Trussell and a bunch of other awesome people as well. And it was just so fun. It was just so fun and so lighthearted and silly. And it really made me forget about everything that was going on and, you know, how we're all going to be slaves to, you know, toiling and Bill Gates's uh, underground layers, you know, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, I just, I feel like it's, uh, so easy to talk to Shane and he's, uh, he's just a fascinating dude. So go check out all of this stuff and check out the head talks. It's really, uh, it's really interesting. Um, I saw this movie recently called Captain Fantastic that was awesome and, and, uh, go check it out. It's great. And they say, he criticizes his kids because he says, don't say that's interesting. That's not an interesting thing to say. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, uh, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, I may, I'm making some changes to the Patreon. If you want to be a, a patron, you can check out patreon.com slash Mike Brank. I'm going to start putting more 
attention and care into it because I, I sort of had this idea to make it this really cool thing. And then I kind of left it and I just left it to, Hey, if you want to donate, you donate, you support, you know, whatever. But now I'm actually uh, invested in making really cool bonus episodes. This Shane Moss podcast, for example, was an early access release. I released this on Wednesday for my patrons. Um, and, uh, there's a private, discord server the mycadelic inner sanctum discord server and um there's just a a lot of really cool things that i want to do and i had made some t-shirts and stickers but not super happy with them i want to get really great quality t-shirts with amazing artwork i'm looking to collaborate with some artists uh, and, and figure out how that will work and um and make something really really cool for people uh, that's essentially the goal is to try and make things the coolest that I can make them with the limited amount of resources that I have. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that'll be, and I'm thinking that, you know, the Patreon episodes are really going to be, um, a lot. I don't know. What's the word I want to use. They're just going to be, they're going to be wild. If you think that things have been open and honest and free, in the regular episodes, the Patreon episodes, I'm really going to let, I'm going to open, open another vault. So check that out. MikeBrank.com slash Patreon or Patreon.com slash MikeBrank. You can go to my website, MikeBrank, B-R-A-N-C.com. And you could find that on there as well. So you, uh, you could donate for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, but uh, starting at $5 a month and up, um, that, that's when all the rewards and uh, cool goodies will kick in. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And you know, if you don't have any extra Federal Reserve promissory notes burning holes in your pocket that you just can't get rid of, don't worry about it. Um, you know, the people that feel I love the mentality of like give what you can, give what you want, fund what you love, support what you like. You know, I support a couple things, give what I can, and um, and it and it you know it it helps for for everybody. It makes you know it widens the pool for for everyone. So. Yeah, just do what you can if you like the show. We're we're always trying to uh, spread it, share it, um, you know, subscribe, that, all that stuff, you know, that you hear me f- ramble about all the time. But that's pretty much it. Without further ado, uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy this chat. Shane and I started talking, and we, so there's no real like context or setup or intro really, other than we just started talking, and it just kind of went where it went. And but uh, but I think we got into a good chat. And I hope you guys enjoy it. All right. Without further ado, let's get in this conversation with Shane Moss. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power. But we have to seize seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. Yeah. 
tap into a conversation. It's always good to to bash social media as an opening of a podcast. Yeah. And I'm going to then promote on social media. Yeah. Check <laughs> me out at Shane Moss on Twitter and at Shane underscore Moss. I think I just changed it to on Instagram. I mean, I do. I have found Twitter to be, as I started using it again, um, reluctantly. It, it is like the closest thing that I have to an open mic right now, where it's just like, okay, here's a platform where I can get like some halfway decent feedback, but also I don't care. Um, and then, and, and like, if I lose people, if I alienate people, so be it. Like that, you, you need like a, a, a space, like, like as a comedian, that's what open mics are for. Yeah. And then, um, and and it's a workout space. And then when something like, like oh, I kind of, I kind of like that, or that got a decent response, or oh, okay, I thought of a new way of phrasing that. Now I've been just like doing it on Instagram, like putting it up with a silly picture, or making a video out of it, or doing things like that. So it has been interesting getting back into social media. Um, and there's a few things, um, you know, it is, it's definitely like a drug, Mm -hmm. um, of just like, you get some retweets and you're like, yay. And then, and then like that high wears off really quickly and turns into we retweet withdrawal. And then like, Oh, okay. Maybe if I get another one out there, uh, I'll get some more validation. That didn't work. Okay. And uh, I keep on trying until like one like gets a little bit of traction. Like, okay. Okay. I can feel okay with myself for a little while. (laughs) All right. All right. Breathe. Maybe I just let this one ride for a little bit. Um, And it's, uh, it's, it's healthy. It's definitely, oh yeah, I have a very healthy relationship with social media. Yeah. Yeah, Studies show that if you want to improve your mental health to get on every social media account possible. Well, I mean, I've kind of taken one of my favorite things about the quarantine is just like, I'm just like, I get to be crazy. Like I can be crazy and I can be upset and I can like, uh, and I can like burn some bridges and I can take chances and, uh, and, and get like manic and get overly excited about things and be unstable and want to die and then have (laughs) big dreams and run the whole gamut. And, uh, and people don't really care right now. Everyone's got their filters off a little bit. So like the buttoned up, um, everyone trying to mask their, um, uh, and like play life safe has gone out the window. And now I'm, so I'm just kind of indulging in madness a little, basically like the same, the same routine that Heath Ledger did to like prepare for his joker role is like what everyone on earth is doing involuntarily (laughs) right now yeah yeah oh my (laughs) god Uh, where are we all gonna be then in a couple months (laughs) 
I don't know. There's going to be some experiment. good, the, the, you know, this is like, this is a very manic, uh, or, this, or not manic, this is a very bipolar time, mm. I feel like. I don't, I don't feel like there's any, I don't feel like there's much middle ground here. I think it's heightened emotional states. And, um, and the yeah. only thing, the only thing resembling a middle ground is boredom, um, for some, which I haven't experienced any, but for those experiencing boredom, you know, that's not, uh, that's, that's an emotion onto itself. It, it, from the outside, it looks, it looks like a even keel thing, but bore, boredom can drive you insane as well but yeah definitely the highs are higher and the lows are lower it seems yeah i mean i i'm someone and i i feel like you're you're already kind of like predisposed to that kind of uh state right i i relate to that as well i know you mentioned in in the documentary that came out last year psychonautics like how you were bipolar one right but then you moved two. to you moved to Two or you move to one. You move, move to from one. Two to one. Yeah. Two to one. Okay. Um, I'm still at. Who's the uh, lesser? I'm still at two, so I'm not quite there yet. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> well, wait till you get to one. You're gonna have quite the story to tell. Yeah, I I definitely haven't had anything like one. Uh, have I had any? I mean, you know, it's like some people just manage some of the like. Part of part of why I slipped so much is because um, some of the things that come along with like the manic one ideas of like synchronicities and stuff are things that I just naturally don't jive with my normal perception of reality and so i resisted them more than need be i think a lot of people could have had my similar experiences and been like yay i'm i'm creating my own reality oh yeah and i don't there's there's nothing um positive that comes out of me thinking that I'm in charge of anything <laughs> or, or simulating this or that the universe is tracking me or, uh, or interjecting itself in my life. My once, once ideas like that creep into my head, things spin wildly out of control. Yeah. So is because you have, is it because you had a hard time believing them? Like, is there like a, that skeptic part of you or because you were indulging in them? Like, Mo I think it was mostly, well, was or, or afraid, afraid to indulge in them, maybe. Yeah, afraid to indulge. And then when I did, I mean, it's, it's interesting looking back on it. And it's also interesting how much, how well I remember all of it. Most people, I guess when they have an episode, they're like, maybe they just tell people like, oh, I don't, I don't really remember what that was all about, but I definitely remember like, whoo, so, some of that shit's like very embarrassing, you know? And, um, and so I don't think that I was wrong to be skeptical in terms of like, I now, I, 
what I think is is like in like thinking of scientific kind of justifications for what happened is in line with what I was doing then. But but that was but at the moment that it was happening, um, it was that was like resistance and that led to a lot of paranoia. And it was just like everything everything was you know when you like trip or something and you're so much more visual and you have access to that um you know any any anyone can anyone can look up at the sky and be like oh that cloud sort of looks like a dog or something like that but in your subconscious like it's a dog you know clear as day that like visual imaginative space and like that simulate it, that that kind of that space in your mind that's running simulations and and um and having that much access to the imagination can be really fucking unsettling because any every idea was exactly as valid as any other ideas and everything was as important as everything else whatever whatever normally like prioritizes things and whatever normally like weights the evidence or judgment for ideas and what is worth pursuing that was just gone and like the only thing regulating one idea was another new idea like contradicting it and and dragging me wildly in the in the other uh direction and and like so things were you, you know, the, the same things that are salient to us now, like if you want to, which is like shock value stuff, you watch a movie, bing, bam, slam, and, and uh, explosions, and then like really gross things like feces or something like that, or puking or something. Um, those like hyper salient things become really really those those are the same things that end up rising to the surface more in that state and so it doesn't allow for as much nuance because you see these like really dramatic imagined ideas of like oh what 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 if i'm gonna get kidnapped what if i like things that things that normally like might pop into your head and then be like "Eh, uh, that's that's not a that's not something worth paying attention to. Uh, yeah. That was a silly little idea to pass right through. Those things weren't, there was no filter for them and there was nothing holding it. And, and so, so those hyper salient ideas were able to like grab my attention more than, um, you know, those, those ideas. Like I, I drove from LA um, back to Wisconsin when everything started hitting the fan during the quarantine and it was the it was like right when things were escalating like every day the the situation seemed 10 times worse than the day before like before things plateaued a little bit um and it was right when LA closed their restaurants and then i was like are they going to close gas stations should i stay in a hotel and like for 4 days of like what was an otherwise pleasant drive, I had to remind myself, ah, oh, the roads are clear, the sun is out. Look at this beautiful landscape. 
but I couldn't help but those like every possible horrible outcome of like what if the gas stations do close down which wasn't in line with reality but who knew at the time and and then and then if it is then am I just am I gonna run out of gas in the middle of nowhere and then how will I survive? Am I going to have yeah. to... you be like Mad Max on the road, yeah. <laughs> hunt rabbits or something like that? Like, how how am I going to... And um, and and so... So it was those sorts of things um, that, that... That's that's what it was like for, like, four weeks straight when I was bipolar one. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and I'm, I get, like, a I get that. And I want... Because, like... In this, when all this stuff is going down, and I'm, I'm, I, I get into conspiracy stuff. Like I find myself like diving into it. And I'm like, yeah, like this is all fucked. Like you know, there's reptiles that live in the core of the earth that are controlling us with mind control device. Like, but I don't really believe that. But it's like still popping into my reality. Yeah. And then like I will give attention to like people like David Icke or, you know, he's on like London Real recently talking about, you know, the, all these, just all these, the 5G and all this stuff. And I'm wondering is like, like, yeah, like what, like, what is that? Like, it's just this, like this bubbling up, this like need to go to these grandiose places to connect all these things. And then I have to remind myself, like, relax, like calm down. Like, you know, (laughs) it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, those ideas are one really exciting, and then also there's there's like um, you know, I have one one thing that I had been thinking about over the last year or so is um, and what originally got me down this track of of thinking because um, for I have no idea what our conversation was about last time we talked, but um, but well, for, last yeah, last time we talked was before you uh this whole thing happened to you where you went to the uh the the psych ward in it before uh-huh. you filmed the documentary oh before you got hauled off to the loony bin do you tell oh, people oh amazing do you, do you use that language when you talk about it sometimes yeah. it makes <laughs> it more fun i think i did yeah. get hauled it was a, it was against my will um yeah well i mean my my perception is that that these kind of psychedelic states are a window into uh, what our inner worlds are doing, and and so so I guess the the way that I um, have been thinking about my mind's eye of like these when these ideas come up um, and these hyper salient ideas, especially because those break through the easiest. I think of like. How are ideas, I, you know, as, as I go to say something, I have like several different things that I could say, and you're sitting there with already things that you could say, but you're waiting for the appropriate time for the break and whatever my conversation or whatever, and then you're going to interject. And then, and then when you do that, you'll say the one out of the five other things that you're thinking. But from my point of view, you're just saying whatever the thing is on your mind. I don't have access to the other contents of your inner world. So as far as I know, you just have that one idea that you're sharing, even though I know that we all have a zillion ideas spinning around in our heads all the time. But I think the subconscious is is uh, the same way, where for every idea that you have, 
that springs into your head, there was like another 10 or how, however many, I have no idea that, that were close, that were like on the surface that, that could have. And how does your subconscious, what, what is like the criteria for, for expression? And it's probably much the same as that we use to determine, you know, when you're sitting around having a conversation with someone and you go like, should I open my mouth right now? Well, how relevant is it to the situation? How interesting is it right now? Um, how, how, how funny is it? You know, how novel is it? Is it, is this appropriate for, you know, I'm, I might have all, all sorts of fun facts about sloths right now in my subconscious, but not many of them are entering my mind right now because they aren't as useful to what we're talking about right now. And so then I think there has to be some sort of competition. You know, I view life through this evolutionary lens and I see evolution everywhere uh, that there is. And so I think there's a lot of competition for ideas to like bid for our conscious attention. Mm. And the ones that get our conscious attention are just those ones that are like a little wilder, you know, a little, maybe yeah. a little scarier, uh, a little more novel. Um, you know, it's, it's like they say, um, if you want to improve your memory, take like, if you want to remember something mundane, like a grocery list, um, just make it really, really outrageous, you know, and, and uh, hyper salient. And so if you are going to get, uh, go to the store to get barbecue, uh, sauce and, um, and a toothbrush and, um, some Lysol, then you like create this, imagine uh, this, this image of, of you like, uh, uh, like squirting barbecue sauce out of your teeth while you're trying to scrub it with Lysol or something. And then that image will just stick there a little more. Yeah. And, and then you'll remember this, uh, this otherwise mundane stuff. So I think that in that same way, because I was thinking about why do we have suicidal thoughts? It doesn't seem, it seems weird. I mean, it, it might just be an outcome of being smart enough, a smart enough species to be able to consider all of these possible outcomes. But it does seem odd that, a, that any species on earth built to kind of replicate its genes would have the thought even occur to them in the first place. Um, and, 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 or, or why, why do you, why do you envision like, you know, you say something dumb and you want to like hit yourself in the head um, prefrontal cortex, by the way, that's like, oh, yeah. which is like, which is interesting because yeah. it's like, that's like your, your instinctual inner monkey trying to knock out the big guy so can punish <laughs> take him out or yeah. something. and he's all he's hopefully quick enough to stop the fucking inner monkey from from doing that and so i thought what if what if your inner world is is able to use your visual system to express an idea to you and so in the same way that if we were playing charades and I draw um, like the word anger. And so I got to express, I got to get you to guess this word. So I go, uh, you know, and, and do this crazy act out. Like anger 
normal anger looks a whole lot more nuanced than that. But if I want to get your attention and I want you to guess, I'm doing this like overly dramatic um, characterization. And so if your subconscious is trying to get through to you and like, you know, if a picture says a thousand words or whatever, and it's trying to project this image, if it has an image of you like um, killing yourself or something like that, wanting to like jump off a cliff or whatever, which would probably be my preferred method. Um, I think that uh, it might just be telling you something a little more subtle and nuanced, which is like, hey, if you keep up this behavior, your life is going down. You're like slowly killing yourself or, or something like that. And yeah, yeah. and so I think in that same way, when we have, say, conspiracy theories or um, or, you know, this rise of of simulation theory talk right now, which I love a good simulation theory conversation, but I do think, I do think it's funny that there's more simulation talk now than there was a year ago, even though there's the exact same amount of probability that we're living in a simulation to me, that indicates, at least in the simulated models I'm running in my mind, that maybe maybe these ideas are um, are coping mechanisms and defense mechanisms, and maybe they're just these these hyper real, hyper salient, um, ex- exaggerated expressions of of what is otherwise just like this feeling of hopelessness. And feeling like you don't have control and that like, um, you know, no matter what you do, it's not it's not going to work out. Everything's everything's against you, you know, because the odds are stacked against us all of the all of the time in life in a number of ways anyway. And there's something in tune with that all of the time. And so then when we go to express that, I think that we maybe latch on to these more grandiose um, idea, uh, ideas that are almost like archetypes of more nuanced, uh, um, emotions. Yeah. It's like the thing that gets our attention because we want that like big juicy thing. Like it's like mm. the, the bait for the fish. It's the fish isn't going to come up and just like nibble on a raisin. Like it wants something <laughs> yeah. really salty and delicious. And yeah, that's so true, man. It's wow. You said yeah. so many awesome things there. And it's like, yeah, it's just like we maybe we were in this like life that just needs that excitement. And even how you were describing how you were interacting with yourself before about the thoughts that were rising in your head, it's like one of the things that came to my mind was and even in conversation with people when you're on psychedelics and sometimes when I'm on psychedelics with other people, it's like you're like, we're all like excited and we're all talking about the thing that we're going to do. And like, Oh man, like what about this idea? And yeah, you were reading my mind and it's like, and, and like, we can go through that ourselves as well. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's, I, I think that, you know, I love the, I love the expression, um, or, or, or the, the, um, kind of, uh, term, or wording non-specific amplifier. Um, I I I think I was kind of late to the game on that one, and uh, and whoever 
whoever first said it. Yeah, who started that? Yeah. Fucking nailed it. Um, because that that's that is you know. Oh, Stanislav Grof. Really? I think he was the first person to talk about it as being a non-specific amplifier. Yeah. Yeah, because it is. I mean, it really is bringing up what is in it in there, and then and then that's like. That's why that's why I always warn people about like be careful when 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 you do like a psychedelic and you're like I saw the truth like well you saw the truth about something but often you saw the truth of your biases that keep you from seeing the truth and that itself looks like the truth you know and 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 so uh, yeah, I mean, I find I find the psychedelic experience to I've I've always my number one reason for doing psychedelics has been to explore um, explore the mind, and and that's why I, they go hand in hand for me with having a science podcast and talking with psychologists and stuff. And so I've just never been, you know, I've never been one of the people that that's just like saw aliens, saw a different dimension. I've just like I've just never. That's just never been my person. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, I've had enough DMT experiences to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> but but um, that's when things ran away with me once I started like buying into that um, a little bit more. And maybe that's just because I'm closed minded. And so I didn't want to uh, resist that I've spent 20 years being wrong um, about what the psychedelic experience is or whatever. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I I absolutely love that, and I I think uh I think this pandemic is a non-specific amplifier, um uh, as well. The people, the optimists are seeing the most silver linings. I have I have like my my friend Peter McGraw, who uh, was in his book. Uh, he just put out this book, Stick to Business. That's like business lessons from the world of comedy. And, uh, he's like, he's like the closest, um, friend that I have to, um, um, Tony Robbins. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's just like, he's just like, like, that's his personality type. Um, and, and it's funny because he's, he's just like seeing all of the opportunities in, in this that he's ever seen and then like the pessimists are the gloomiest the conspiracy theorists are the most conspiratorial and you know everyone's just uh, being like so themselves right now the environmentalists are like see we told you mother nature was gonna have a uh, you didn't say shit about any viruses what the fuck are you talking about yeah, yeah, you weren't warning anyone about eating bats. Come on now, and <laughs> and, 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 and we told and you I, not to eat bats. And I and I only say that because I'm rooting for the environmentalists uh, because I think I think they're uh, one of the most important groups of people on the planet. But I oh, think yeah. that, I think that we all I, and I'd say the same thing about the psychedelic community in that we need to be hyper aware of calling ourselves out on our own bullshit as much as we possibly can. And that being said, I have found that I am my fucking cynical self is having a field day right now. Like I've gone, I was just going back. I just went all the way back to when I started Twitter to like see in, 
And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've always been like a button pushing, like cynical motherfucker. And I just like have been working on that and like giving people a little more credit and maybe not alienating as many people and maybe not like coming off like an arrogant dickwad. Like I know, which I don't. I think I'm a fucking idiot, but I love giving other people a hard time for being an idiot as well. Um, and that's a part of who I am. And, and, um, and I'm not, I'm not super proud of it or anything, but boy, that's that's part of it. It's coming to the surface. Yeah. That's the part that makes you a good comedian though, too. Right. Like, I mean, you have to have that part of, of yourself to, to look at things and go, "Ah, I don't think so. Or like, oh, that's kind of bullshit. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Okay. Like look at what these people think. Yeah, it's hugely important. And, and I, you know, I risk alienating so many people. I, I just like, I feel bad. You know, it's, it's a tricky position of like, like, I love calling every social norm out. And what that sometimes means is saying, hey, you motherfuckers got to stop having so many kids. And also marriage is kind of goofy. And, and, and then, but like, also what a fucking dickhead thing to say to like people that just like got married and are having a happier marriage and probably are happier in their marriage than yeah, I but am. You're, as you're just, you're not like going know. up to married couples with kids in the park and saying that. Like, you know? uh, yeah. yeah I, uh, well, I might, that would be cruel. I might start. Hey, hey, great kid. Uh, what'd you get a freshie? Yeah, couldn't adopt one. Had to have one of your own, huh? All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have we have plenty of resources. Thanks. Thanks for your freshie. No, but I, I, yeah, that would that would make me a total dick. But that is that's the trick of like, yeah. I don't I don't know how much of being cynical is like helps deliver the message <laughs> that I would like to necessarily deliver and how much of it is just that there's like a naughty boy inside of me that's always loved pushing buttons and doing the naughty things that he's not supposed to do and not following the rules. And so how much of that is just like sort of immature, you know? And and so that's something that's been coming to the surface for me personally in my own like whatever self-exploration during this time. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've definitely gotten way more into comedy during this time too, where I feel like I've always been into comedy, but I, I've like, sometimes I divert from it a little bit and get really heavy on the show and, you know, but, uh, but I, I found myself watching a lot of old Norm McDonald, um, SNL weekend update jokes and stuff. And like, just like a refresher of those kind of naughty, you know, things that you're not supposed to say, like, yes, all these OJ jokes and Bill Clinton jokes and just that kind of thing. And I'm you know, there's a lot, I guess, going on now too with, uh, with that, but that boundary pushing the saying, the things you're not supposed to say, that's, I, I find that to be like so refreshing too, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it's interesting. There, there's, there's lines here and there. So it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun thing to explore. I have a. Oh, you said you, you, you saw my, my um quarantine couple yeah. uh, show of like, 
uh, which is just like a way of exaggerating what's going on right now to comment on things. It's basically like taking the quarantine situation and, and putting it in like a South Park kind of world where, you know, everything's exaggerated and ridiculous, but it's still kind of a parallel of uh, and used to comment on what's going on. And um, that filmmaker, Justin McGuire, that I'm that I'm doing it with. Um, she's, she's fair. She, we, we have similar sensibilities and I, um, I, I consistently cross lines and boundaries and she has to reel me in. So like, no matter how much slack someone will give me, oh, I'm still just going to keep pulling until I've like found the line where it's like oh okay all right you're not gonna put up with that okay let me walk that back yeah it's always nice to explore and then know where the limits are i think (laughs) yeah yeah. like yeah and like you i mean you've definitely explored the mind more than probably anybody that i'm aware of right now in in terms of like the experience of you living your life do doing what you've been doing and psychedelics and losing it and everything i mean there's that exploration of where the line is right like like do you think you found it like were you seeking for some some answer and then you got there and you're like oh okay i get it now well i didn't get an answer that made me back off i got like a um more of like a you know i i I, I'm just like this in every aspect of my life for the most part. And so, so like a, a very, a very easy and salient example so that people don't think I'm just like blowing smoke up their ass thinking I'm like some big bad rebel or if anything, I'm kind of embarrassed and think, and think I'm a little bit immature in my risk taking, but I, I broke both my feet uh, jumping off something that was um, much too high to jump off of. And, um, and so like, I didn't get like an answer. I just got like, okay, well, I still really want to jump off things (laughs) because I love heights, but yeah, I better not. No one's going to feel bad for me the next time. I love how you still think about it. too. I still like, if I see someone like diving off a cliff or anything (laughs) like that, I'm just like, Ooh, I have to, and I still like I'll climb a tree. I I'm like I'm turning forty next month. I'll still I'll 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 I'll, I'll climb up any any tree any child would, and um and just like stuff like that that I'll still do. Uh, and and so the the same with with psychedelics where I've been dabbling back into them again finally, and I want to do more, but. I'm not sure that there's that I'm going to get more answers. I I, I don't know that. But you have you have, must have some kind of formulation of the world, I guess your perspective. Yeah. Oh, in your, I'll keep in your, from it. Yeah, like you're seeking, like by interviewing scientists and yeah, yeah. Um, exploring with psychedelics and just going to the brinks of all of your adventures. So you, it's it's has it come to like a point of an under some kind of an understanding about yourself and the world, or 
Yeah, a little bit. I I mean, <laughs> but but I I don't think that um there there's there's definitely no finish line to this. And and uh, I I guess I guess my it, specifically in terms of psychedelics, I've realized that it's just like everything else, just with science or anything else. I I'm I'm actually not getting closer to a finish line. I'm just becoming more aware of how, how far it is. The, the, the more, uh, uh, the, the more I think that, um, you know, Oh, okay. 10 more DMT trips. And then I'll really have a sense of like what the DMT world is like, or, or like if I just read two more books about, like evolutionary biology, then I'll really be an expert on evolutionary biology. And then I, and then I'll go and I'll do those things. And then, you know, like the cliche of the more, you know, the less, the more you realize how little, you know, or whatever. And, and, um, that that's, that's much of my journey. So I've had to, I've had to rein that in a little bit of like, because when I'm when I'm doing psychedelics more regularly, I often feel like, "Ooh, I'm this close! I'm gonna solve it! It's like, <laughs> it's it's right there!" And I'm gonna solve it. I'm gonna <laughs> solve it. What are you gonna solve? I don't know. That's what I, that's the point that I'm trying to make. There's I like, know, yeah. I, I I wouldn't even like. I don't even know the problem that I'm working on necessarily. Just more things come to the surface all of the time. It, it's it's what I it's what I hate about the the term um, enlightenment too is that it makes it sound like it's like this thing that like I am enlightened now. Like we all we all have enlightening experiences all of the time, and enlightenment is an ongoing um, process that that never ends and i i i don't i don't even know that that doing the exact same thing in the exact same way and keeping um your same opinions about things all of the time it is not also its own form of <laughs> enlightenment i i think enlightenment enlightenment seems just a lot like the the experience of of uh of life to me and i i definitely find that learning for me um things like psychedelics or science um in terms of um learning or like enlightenment is just like becoming aware and becoming like more mindful of things that you weren't um, in yeah, the that's so that's so enlightened of you to say that. That's the true enlightened position. It's the anti-enlightenment position, which is the real enlightenment position. No, you put that enlightenment bullshit on me. Um, and and so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I it's I, I I'm I'm just trying to figure out like that. That's a really good question because it's making me think. What is my goal? in any of this shit. And I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I just like, I think that's it. You know, I think that's, yeah. that, I've, I've sort of come to that too. Cause I, in early in my psychedelic exploration and just seeking everything, seeking, like I was expecting that I was just going to arrive at like 
like I was going to turn the corner one day and like everyone was going to be like, surprise, like, here's your answer. Like, bingo, like you won the lottery. Like, it's all revealed to you. This is the secrets of the universe. And that, yeah, like you said, like as the deeper you go, the more you do, it's, you really just wind up in this position. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, let's yeah, keep yeah. pushing the button though and just see what happens <laughs> yeah i also have uh um i i also um enlightenment always seems like such a positive spin on it too because to me realizing a new thing that you fucking hate about life is just as much enlightenment as anything, <laughs> any, anything else. Is. Yeah, please share more. Yeah, what do, you hate, what do you hate most about life right now? Uh, right now, my personal life or human life—I don't know. So, uh, so many things, too, too many things to list. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. One of the things that's come out about this that at first was driving me crazy. And I was doing it myself. Um, it, it was just, it, and I say this as like a, so, so when I say like this as a judgment of the human condition, that's with recognition that I am also a human experiencing these same things. But I mocked it earlier of like the, of, of the, I told you so stuff, which seems like a lot of, it's like, Hey, so you have this of like the preppers, the conspiracy theorists, the Democrats, the Republicans, the me science podcaster being like, I, people need to know science. I see, I've been saying for fucking years, science is important. Now you, now you understand. And everyone, every, uh, you know, environmentalists, like I mentioned, the, 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 the people that think life is hopeless isn't, it's not worth trying are, are, are now like, see, residing myself to giving up and having no hope i was i was right look look how much the odds are stacked against you it's just like whatever your position was you're now uh, seeing seeing this as confirmation bias it's just but it but it's like but it's this it's this fucking incredibly potent um combination of hindsight bias and confirmation bias coming to a head that everyone seems to be tricking themselves into, which is, which is like ultimately this thing of like, why don't more people listen to me? Why, why, why don't more people realize how right I am about stuff? Jeez. Now, uh, now if everyone would just finally come and uh, give me the apologies that I'm owed for them, not paying more attention to me earlier. And then listen to every word that I say from here on out. I will, <laughs> I will feel vindicated for this. Yeah. Life. And it doesn't matter like what your position is. It seems like everyone's having that same, uh, or everyone was at least having that same universal experience early on with this. And so that was kind of driving me crazy, but also cracking me up. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. And like you said, we all have like the propensity to do that too. I think everybody, everybody just I wants. I think it's pretty unavoidable. Yeah. It's like, we all just want to be connected a little bit and have a little, you know, attention and come, you know, come our way. 
Yeah. And, and, and that it's always nice when you see something that you had engaged in, like, for example, like with myself, like maybe earlier on, I'd be like, Oh, I found the truth. Like I saw the message in this experience that I had and then realize like how I was being. And then I would encounter someone else that would kind of mirror that back to me with their thing. Like, dude, it's all about the aliens and the DMT. Like it's all the aliens, man. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yeah. Oh, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm still guilty of it. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess the, I guess, I guess then when it was like seeing that universal experience, I thought, well, what is like the most dangerous group of people doing that? And some of it, so I had, I don't know. This is also in, in, in the, in the kind of what about, or, or I, I tried to warn you fashion. I also have like the, um, my angry atheist, um, in me that, that I've like, I packed away, like, 10, 15 years ago, something like that. And, uh, and, you know, became more open-minded and be, and gained an appreciation for spirituality and community building and, and, and saw the many positives in, in these things. Um, well that, that motherfucker that used to like worship at the idol of Christopher Hitchens is like back in full force and, um, and so, uh, so I have to watch it, but, um, so I'm, I'm doing like the same thing that I'm accusing other people of constantly, but I did, uh, on my drive back, I called one of these, one of these, um, uh, uh, you know, those billboards that say like, Jesus is real. Call eight eight four truth or whatever. Call one eight four four truth. Talk to Jesus live. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I called one. I was just like, you know, I had a. Wow. I I told him, I told the guy. I just had an honest conversation. I just said, you know, like I'm not a believer. I'm not calling to be a dick. I'm just like curious. I see this billboard all over the place. I'm wondering what it is, and um and. And he was like telling me about it. it. And, and then he, and then I was like asking him like what they're telling people when people are calling in, you know, worried about what's going on. And the guy says, well, I'm telling them that the reason why this virus is happening. And, and this is like a, by the way, I, um, this is like a really, nice seeming reasonable like he didn't hang up on me for not being a believer or anything and like and i wasn't trying to like prank phone call or anything like that but but still he could have like not given me the time of day and he spent and i kept on asking i was like do you have other people that you need to attend i don't want to like take up your time or anything like that but but he was like he said i want to i try to tell people that the reason why this virus is happening is um, the reason for all suffering on earth. And it's because Adam and Eve sinned. And this is what the Bible has been saying is that the rapture uh, is coming. And, and so the people that believe in Jesus, this is actually a good thing because 
God's coming back to wipe all humans off of the earth. And then the believers get to go to, um, uh, you know, the new world, which is this paradise. And I was just like, don't you worry that that's an irresponsible thing to tell someone that's like that, you know, as, um, as you know, we're, we're being told there's a, this horrible contagion and we need to start taking measures to stop it, to tell people that this is a good thing to tell, to, to maybe run the risk of planting an idea in someone's mind that like, Hey, maybe we can do things to ha- to hasten this thing and bring Jesus even sooner. If we can just help this virus, if this virus is God, are you helping God by helping the virus? And and it was and it was fucking it was kind of crazy because he he's like, well, you know, we're closing our church and doing the remote things and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but the message is still the same. And, and I I kind of feel the same way about how um, and I'm I'm only uh, picking on environmentalists because. I consider myself to be one, at least in theory, better than in practice. But I do believe we are heading into um, the the sixth great extinction um, really, really quickly. And I think it's the greatest um, uh, threat to humanity. But at the same time, there's people out there that are like, see, we tried to warn you and humans, humans deserve... Humans are the enemy of the earth, and this is actually a good thing if if more humans die and stuff. So, and I think that like yeah, I think that the celebration of human suffering um, is inexcusable, um, no matter what si- what party you're in. Like I fucking hate Trump supporters, but I don't want them to. Uh, die and get a virus and uh, get to have uh, and you know and uh, be, because they're uh, because they're gullible enough to believe a con man um, and so that's been driving me a little bit uh, crazy when I when I hear some stuff like that bubbling up but you know it's also really interesting of of that that we tend to like anthropomorphize. Uh, the these like big concepts and um and assign agency to these enormous chaotic systems whether it's earth or the universe or or whatever and um and then that that allows for and then and then you you put that egocentrism you tie that in with some egocentrism and then it and then it's like well since I'm special, <laughs> like the bad things won't happen to me. Like I, and I say this as someone that fucking thinks they're invincible and takes way too many risks in life and is as egocentric as anybody is. Um, but, but then you, like one of the, I think defenses for this is, is like this just world fallacy of thinking that like we live in this controllable, just uh, environment and and when um, when 
bad things happen to you. It's not your fault. When good things happen to you, you earned it. But then with other people, when bad things happen to them, they must have done something wrong. When good things happen to them, they must have got lucky. Um, and this is, it's almost like a protecting yourself or protecting your ego a little bit, but it's also, it leads to this kind of victim blaming kind of stuff. The same thing that is said of like rape victims, uh, like, well, she shouldn't have been wearing that, that dress or whatever. I feel like that's the, you're saying the same thing. If you're like, we told these litter bugs that they got to clean up their act or, we told these sinners that didn't go to church every Sunday that, you know, God was going to smite them. We we told these Trump supporters uh, that this guy was a con man or we told these liberals to stop being so gay or what, what you know, whatever, whatever the thing is, it, is, is anyone that's using this as an excuse to say that, like, some group of outsiders deserves this is uh is uh i i think i think that i would i would like people to try to work on that um and, and maybe, <laughs> maybe not do that as much and yeah. focus on individuals like hoping trump dies a horrible death or something <laughs> like that that's just one dude and i think about that a, a better lot place. Like yeah. He's he's one of the most unhealthy people in the world. Like how he's is he? I don't he's understand. He's going to live to be 200 years old, I promise you. He's going to get corona and it's going to make him stronger than he's ever been before. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Doesn't he eat like McDonald's for every meal? Uh, but yeah, and I don't I, and it's not even it's not even that I necessarily want him to well, I sometimes do want him to suffer a little bit. I would but. love for him to go out in a real like comedic death, like an yeah. like a huge anvil falls on his head from. Like- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do. I do indulge in thinking about Trump dying. I'm not. I'm not going to lie about that. It's. It's not the thing that I'm most proud of in life. But I'll tell you, it certainly is a very e- easy trolley problem for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like first off, the trolley problem of like. Do you pick one person or five people? I'm like, yeah, no problem. I, I pick I pick the one person. That's just with five people. With Trump, there's a whole lot more lives on the on the line. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, he he could he could easily just resign, and and uh, and I I would also be happy. Um, yeah, with, that'll never happen. With that, and that's <laughs> that's never gonna happen. So you know, I'm I'm we. I'm weak as well, but when you ask me the things that have been like driving me really crazy, it's it's when um, it's when the these outgroup biases start flaring up, and we're kind of. I don't know that it's necessarily like wishing harm on groups of people, as it is just like a defense of like, well, I vote a certain way, and so because I'm acting in the right accord. Um, I'm less likely to have the bad things happen to me. Right. Um, you know, so I think it's coming from like a more innocent place than just wanting outsiders to die or whatever. But, but I, I, I sure wish people were a little more aware of that and learned about things like uh, fundamental attribution errors and stuff like that. Yeah. Everyone wants to be the hero in their, in their story. 
you know? Yeah. What, <laughs> yeah. What, so those are the things that are driving you. What about the things that are making you happy right now? What are you, what are you looking at? Like you said, you were, uh, you're doing a lot of stuff. You're creating a lot of content, right? Yeah. You're doing your head yeah. talks now online. I, I went to one of them. I went to the one with Cole Marta, I guess maybe it was the first one. And, uh, uh, Rick Doblin and so yeah yeah I mean it's it's bittersweet because it was my favorite tour that I've done and, and it's not you know it's head head talks when it's live it's a half stand-up comedy half science talk show but to do that virtually wouldn't make sense and virtual stand-up comedy doesn't make any sense to me um but at the same time, it's, I don't know. I thought it was a really cool, fun event. I'm doing another one May 2nd um, about the history of psychedelics um, and, 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 and mostly, I think we're going to be talking mostly about policy, I think, with the guests that um, we have. Who are we going to um, have on that one? Um, Erica Dick and Susan... Shoot! I just found her um, recently. I was really impressed by uh, um, Su- Susan Chapel. I think that's how you say her her name. And um, she's a uh, she. She has a background in politics and got into psychedelic advocacy, and then got into like start her own startup company of doing like microdose stuff and whatnot. And, I don't really know much about her other than I saw her talking and she was a really fantastic um, communicator. You know, I have a very, I have a real eye for uh, who can deliver a good message and that, and that for when I'm, when I'm trying to put on a, a paid show, it's, it's easier to like, know people are really going to, knock it out of the park um in in terms of being able to communicate and it's like as you know um sophia was who i had traveling around sophia rockland yeah she's like mind-blowingly brilliant it's like yeah. crazy yeah she's the most well-spoken individual i've i've ever i've ever fucking heard and and, and it's it's uh it's funny because like there's we have compatible um and knowledge sets and things that we're interested in because we have the things that we're kind of experts in are two very different things or are very different things like she's more verbally fluent than i am um i i um i i have uh, uh but i know how to write jokes and and mm-hmm. say say things in an in attention grabbing uh like plain spoken um way and she knows ecology and eco uh, ecosystems and stuff like that really well and i know psychology and those uh, kind of how the brain works uh, stuff better and uh and so it's funny because there's a lot of things that i don't think that we necessarily see eye to eye on 
And uh, but I don't want to argue with her because <laughs> she's so fucking. You think smart. she'll win? I think she'll. I think she'll win. I mean, I try to give a little bit of pushback sometimes, but I'm just not secure enough in my in my verbal um, fluidity uh, to compete with uh, with her. She's an impressive young lady, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so it should be a fun show and, and we're going to do more stuff like that. So she was a good, she was a fucking good find man, because I was doing stand up science and, um, and I, so I was touring when I met her, I'd been for six months touring full time with my show, stand up science. I get two scientists and two comedians on every, on every show for half, half comedy sets, half science talks different Uh, in each place that you go like they're from the place that you're going to right yeah yeah so i've done it in like i don't know 80 different cities or something like that that means i gotta look up the local university find two guests like vet them for like you know trying to find lectures that they've given to see if they're like decent at public speaking seeing if their stuff's in my wheelhouse like it's a tremendous amount of work to book stand-up science, and I really wanted to do a psychedelic version of it because I don't, I don't, I, I try to keep my psychedelic stuff um, kind of a little bit separate from, um, from like my Here We Are podcast and and the other things that I do, just because once you start talking about psychedelics, it just totally monopolizes the conversation and no one wants to hear about fruit flies or whatever anymore, <laughs> and. Um, and I just had no idea how I was going to be able to do it um, because I try to have a female academic on every one of my shows because uh, I think that's incredibly important. And yeah. even though that's like a little bit difficult to do with, uh, you know, I, I've been able to, if you go to the Here We Are podcast, you'll see that 50% of my guests have been female and it's a little bit of extra hoops to jump through to make sure that that happens because there's not as many females in academia. There's more and more these days. Um, but in terms of like, you know, the real experts, like the older guard or whatever is still like a lot of um, a lot more men, but it's, it's not that much more work and it's a little, it's a little easier Um uh, or, or, you know, and it's like so worth the payoff. Um, and but in the psychedelic community, there's just like uh, that that's even because it's even a newer field and there's already not that many researchers out there. So like whatever asymmetry there is in gender is just amplified more by that. And so needed a female and then and then like to travel from city to city is like, well, fuck, I need someone that can travel with, there's not a psychedelic researcher everywhere. I can't just go to like, um, my not North Dakota and find a psychedelic researcher and then to find one that's well-spoken and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something really cool that you do too, is that you go to a lot of these like underserved areas, like, you know, that, that maybe won't be getting that kind of show. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so anyway, all, all of that is a long winded way of saying everyone should check out Sophia Rockland. Cause I think she's a, uh, exceptional human being. I think she'll be one of the, I think she'll be one of the, uh, um, future kind of leaders in the world of the, in the psychedelic space. Yeah. Yeah. Her and I have been doing this, uh, live stream show called, uh, isolation tank. 
um, like every Tuesdays and Fridays with a bunch of other podcasters and stuff. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. If you're ever uh, free, you're welcome to, to join, of course, too. Yeah. We're just uh, like happy to. riffing about things. Yeah. 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 Let me know. I'll, cool. I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We, and we both, uh, Sophie and I, uh, also, we just, we might've just missed each other cause I was at the temple of the way of light. Uh, and then I guess she had just went there like as I was leaving or whatever. So yeah. Drinking ayahuasca down in the, in the rainforest. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I, um, it was funny on, on tour. She had, uh, there's a ton of people that came out that had, I guess that must be a pretty popular temple. Um, because, <laughs> yeah, because there's a ton of people on, on tour that didn't even, didn't even people that didn't even know that she worked there, but had been there and then she'd be on stage and they'd find out I was just at the temple, uh, last year or whatever. Granted, it's the psychedelic community that comes out to my show, but yeah. Yeah. It's one of the safest, like most responsible, well-known vetted secure places and everything they're doing like with Chaikuni, which she works for and giving back. It's like, yeah, it's definitely one of the best places. And, uh, yeah. So you're, are you like, are you, you must be like itching though, to get back out into the world and get in with the crowds and stuff. Are you, are you feeling that or? Yeah, this has been, I mean, really, this has been like, um, it's been really difficult financially for me, but, um, it's been, uh, you know, I've just been, I've been pretty concerned about humanity. So that's the downside. The upside is, is that this is the most creative that I've been in a very long time. And this kind of reminds me of my favorite like sweet spot of my career, which there's a period of time between like 2007 and 2009 when things were like really exciting and taking off for me. And there's all these new uh, opportunities and I had all these ideas and I was like really passionate about what I was doing and I really cared about what I was doing and I was having some success. And that's how I feel right now, like really motivated and creative. Um, the downside of that is like a lot of figuring out tech issue shit and like beating my head against the wall of like, I figured out, you know, uh, figuring out how to market live shows took me five years, um, to be able to do really well and consistently, uh, you know, on the road and now to figure out a whole new thing of like figuring, navigating social media and the YouTube and all of that stuff is, is going to be a tremendous undertaking, but I'm learning a lot and I'm also learning this is all stuff that should have been a part of my career anyway. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, in, in, in an ideal world where people are going on and supporting me on Patreon or however the fuck I'm going to figure out how to find money, um, doing, <laughs> doing this stuff, um, it will, it, it's, it's definitely been a creative boon. Cool, man. Yeah. 
Well, well, yeah, maybe we should, should end there. Like tell people where, where they can go and, 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 uh, and find you and support you. When I, when I tuned in, I think you were using this thing called Crowdcast and, uh, that was really cool. I mean, it made it for a really cool interactive experience. Definitely worth the $7, you know, that it was. So, yeah, um, yeah. And I'm trying to do a thing where if people support me on Patreon for $5, they have access to all of, all of, I'm trying to do. Uh, head talks or something similar every other week. And then I'm going to start doing my show stand up science as well. So if you support me on Patreon for $5, you should get all of those for free. So that's like a $28 value or something. Like that's that. fi- Yeah. That's five uh, bucks a, a month, right? Yeah. yeah five bucks that's, a month. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then, um, so that's a thing I'm, I'm figuring out how to do that. Um, my main thing is my my YouTube, which I, I don't know how to get people on exactly, but I'm pretty freaking excited about what I'm doing on there. You mentioned my quarantine couple. I'd never made a web series before in my entire career, and I am really having a blast doing it. And I'm like pretty proud of the quality. And it's good it's quality. Like, yeah it's a fun idea and I'm working with someone who's like a professional comedic actress and like knows editing and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, I'm actually kind of halfway decent at acting. Who knew I've never tried acting before. So that's been cool. Um, And it's for the first time ever, I'm putting highlights of my podcast up so people can just like, because people are the most ADHD they've ever been. If they're anything like me anyway, I mean, everyone's just got like a zillion different distractions right now. And so um, I'm, I'm finding ways of like catering to that and putting up like a three minute highlight of an episode. And that way people can choose which episode they want to like find time to do, um, you, you know, listen to the full thing. Cause uh I've been trying to put out like three here we are podcasts a week. Um, oh, wow. Three a week. Wow. Yeah, we'll see. I've been recording like five a week, but we have a massive editing bottleneck right now that I'm trying to clear up. And and I think I have a handle on that now, but um, yeah. we'll see. So I'm tired. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm doing so much shit, man. Um, and I'm, I'm like, I'm starting to, this morning I woke up and I'm like, I think I planted too many seeds in this garden and, and, and stuff is, uh, is turning into a, a jungle rather than a well manicured, um, thing, but, um, jungles are good. You'll be fine. It'll all work out. Yeah. I liked what you said recently. You were like, I think maybe all like what we all need are just naps. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. as long as you have naps, like you're good. Dude, I took a nap. I was pretty fucking miserable today. And then I, I had the time off and when we were, and I was not like, I was not feeling up to it at the agreed time or what I thought was our agreed time before I realized my error. And then I took a nap in that hour before uh, talking to you. And I was like, oh, just needed a nap. That's How it. many times do I need to learn that stupid lesson? Yeah. Good lesson for all of humanity, right? We all nap more, everybody. God, I am such a nap a napvocate. I I just could not <laughs> endorse naps more. Get pe- people are like, oh, a nap. I fall asleep for too long. I can't. 
What are you? Why? Why are you judging your nap so much? Just, na- just, just try, uh, try napping. Yeah, you don't. You, oh, I can't fall asleep. Then close your eyes for twenty minutes. You're still gonna get rest. I get, I get so worked up about naps. I'm like, I probably need another nap, just so I stop getting myself so wound up about how great napping is. <laughs> uh, that's that's if I had like honestly, if there was like one thing in if people are like, well, if you could dose everyone with like LSD or whatever, would you? I'm like, nope. But I would I would try to get everyone into napping more if yeah. I could. Yeah. That is what this world needs, more nap time for sure. I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, thanks for having me, man. This has yeah. been a lot of fun. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for being on again, Shane. So yeah, yeah pe- anytime. People could go to uh ShaneMoss.com and they could follow you on uh Twitter, Shane Comedy, is it? Yeah, at Shane Comedy and um yeah, Shane. Oh yeah, it's at Shane Comedy. Thanks. And then it's at Shane Moss on Instagram. Yeah, that's what it is. Nice. All right. Excellent. Thanks. Oh, one last question. Yeah, you yeah. You mentioned you're going to dabble back into psychedelics. Is there anything that you might be dabbling back into first? I know I heard you talking about taking psychedelics during the quarantine and what which ones would be worthy of taking. That's what you're talking about actually in the head talks with Rick and, and Cole and Sophia. So is yeah. there anything at the top of your mind that you're thinking about? Well, I've been doing some ketamine. I'm basically out of ketamine. And uh, so that's sad. And then mushrooms um, I haven't done during the quarantine. I'd really like to. It just I'm in Wisconsin right now. I want it to be like perfect temperature wise to go and spend the day outside. And then um, I... Uh, <sighs> I really want to, I, I really, I haven't had a DMT breakthrough in like three years and I just don't know. I just seem to not be able to get myself to do it. Like every day I wake up and I'm like, Ooh, I'd like to smoke DMT right now. And that, but the reality of actually doing it, I just like, I can't get myself to, I don't know why. I don't even know why I have such nerves, but I do. Um, and so, so yeah. Uh, 2CB, MDMA. Yeah, I wanna. Nice. I, I, I'm I'm yeah. waiting for the weather to get better, and I'm going to uh, I'm gonna start tripping more for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I like that you said ketamine because it's one of my favorites. So. Yeah, yeah man. It's a good well, time. It's such an easy one, in my opinion. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and I'm gonna be doing a Q and A with uh my my documentary Psychonautics on uh on the 16th on on may 16th um where i'm gonna have the director and the producer we're going to play it and like pause it and do like a director's cut type thing talk about behind the scenes stuff and answer questions for people so looking oh forward to awesome that. man that sounds great yeah yeah it's a great documentary i mean i love it it's like the researchers and the art uh, and everything. I think, yeah, Ramin Nazer did, did a lot of the art and, uh, yeah, Ramin's yeah, it's just like really, really cool. And then the comedy in between and then you losing your mind and then coming back like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, great, yeah. man, it just has it all. It has, <laughs> it has it all. <laughs> oh, thanks a lot, man. Yeah. You got it, Shane. All right. That'll do it. Thanks. Until next awesome. time, everyone. Peace. Thank you.